Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You hear him on the Falcons call. It's David Archer joining Sam and Greg here, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. Before we get into the Falcons, I want to bring you in and get your thoughts on a conversation that Sam and I were just having, and we were talking about the identities of these college teams that have jumped uh, jumped conferences. Now, you played in the Big Eight as opposed to Iowa, who plays in the Big Ten, and we were talking about them, and 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 we got into the whole USC because they're playing today in a bowl game, UCLA, moving to the Big uh the, uh, the Big Ten, Big, Big Ten. Twelve, whatever you want to call it, Big and 15. and having those games in in November, December at Happy Valley, at, at East Lansing, at, at Columbus, where they're not used to having. But what Sam brought up is that's one thing. But the other thing is he talked about teams like Nebraska, who when they joined the Big Ten, their identity of what was Nebraska is sort of lost. What are your thoughts on the the movement and some of these historic programs not being who they were once they changed conferences? It's been it's been odd, certainly, guys. When when you see teams, Nebraska was a team that uh, had a Big Ten kind of a Big Ten feel to it. It wanted to be rough and tough on defense. They were uh, a team that would run the football at you sixty or seventy times during the game, throw it you know ten, twelve times in the game, and uh, so you seem to that fit like what the Big Ten has been all about since they've made the transition to the Big Ten. They've had a tough time really living up to that that uh, persona that they had. Um, I, I think that there is certainly a, a, an identity that's attached to different conferences. I don't know if it's valid or not because of the way offenses have now, now become kind of universal. I think you see teams in the SEC who, who was noted for years of lining up in the I formation and running the football at you and playing big, tough defense. They still play defense to a certain extent, but now they're spread all over the field and, and – and they're playing defense in the Big 12, or Big 12 is supposed to throw it all over the yard. So I don't know that the identities necessarily are attached anymore, albeit we still kind of attach them to those conferences. I think because of the way offenses have changed and the way defenses have tried to change to stay with them, uh, you're seeing a lot more of the same type of stuff no matter what conference you're in. Spending time on the waitforit.com hotline this morning. Um, to start off the new year, man, with David Archer. He is social. You can find him on Twitter at ArcherQB16, ArcherQB16. Arch, before we get to the Falcons yesterday, let's talk about the game that happened just hours before uh, there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And you talk about offenses. What would Vince Dooley and Woody Hayes say about the offenses that both teams <laughs> were running Saturday night? <laughs> Well, I think both those coaches would say, hey, give me a W. That would have been number one. Both of them have wanted to win, but they would have had to probably turn their back and, and grit their teeth, bite their tongue a little bit to see uh, the way the defenses were pushed around. But certainly some offensive prowess was, was shown by both teams. I give both teams a ton of credit. It was a fun watch, as was the uh, the first semifinal game between TCU and Michigan, two teams that uh, that put up a lot of points and – a lot of things are going on uh, back and forth. Obviously, the defense is struck in that TCU game where they had two pick sixes. So I guess there's a there's an element you have to make an adjustment, just a little bit like we were talking a few moments ago about styles. Um, what's acceptable defense? You know, what are you looking for? I, I've talked to a lot of defensive coordinators around the country in doing college games, 
And that's changed significantly. No longer are you trying to hold teams to under 10 points. You're trying to win the moments, third down, win in red zone, try to hold a team to 21 points, 23 points, something like that, because I think my offense will go out, score them. Uh, the perception, or at least their thought of how defense is supposed to be played, has changed significantly because the offenses are so hard to wrangle in. Let me ask you something, too. You, you, you quarterback, and, and you watch quarterbacks, of the, four we, uh, the ones we saw Saturday, who made money? Because that's going to be our conversation in a few weeks. Ran this uh, in some shorts in front of guys with stopwatches. Boy, he really made some money today. Which quarterbacks made money Saturday? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, Sam. It's a good question. I think that C.J. Stroud showed himself pretty well. I didn't, you know, there's been a lot of conversation around the, the Ohio State quarterback, and I just didn't know what his signature would win. Um, when you begin to start evaluating him against some of the young quarterbacks in the league, there's a lot of conversation about our quarterback in Desmond Ritter. Um, save Bryce Young, which, what quarterback coming out this year has a better resume than what Desmond Ritter had coming out of college as well? And now Desmond Ritter is going to play a four-game four slate here in the National Football League. Tell me his value is not up to be above anybody coming out. Um, Bryce Young's problem is he's how small he is. Um, he's only 5'10", 5'11". Can he withstand a 17-game schedule? And you've got to stand in and throw the football. You guys both know these guys got to stand in there and get hit and throw the football and scramble around. It's fun in college because you're normally of the 13 games or 12 games you've played, you're probably better than everybody. Maybe one or two games, the teams are about the same you are as you are. Are you going to dominate? That's not the way it is in the league. Everybody is as good as you are in the National Football League on a given Sunday. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they evaluate. Bryce Young is phenomenal to me. I think he's got the best quarterback skills of anybody coming out, but he's just such a small dude. I just don't know if he can if he can hang in there as long as he'll need to in this league. I want to talk to our audience for a second and tell you about a conversation we had with David. I asked David this question, put him in a scenario where they were traveling back after Falcons game and all of a sudden sitting next to Desmond Ritter and Desmond Ritter wants to talk to David Archer about the, the pace of the game, the speed of the game. How long did it take David to have the game slow down to where he knew he was he was supposed to be in this league where he knew that he could excel in this league and, and, and it became an easier position to manage. And you gave him the answer that you gave him. My question is, as we sit here now and look at him after his first start, his first win as a starter, and, and knowing what you went through then, can you see him feeling, I won't say the game slowing down, but a little bit more comfortable because we are, we've had nothing but positive things to say about what we've seen from him so far. Yeah, I think so, Greg. I think that the quarterbacks that are coming out now are a lot more prepared than when I came out because just because the offenses and and what they're being what they're being asked to do at the high school level, you know, the seven on seven camps, learning to how to drop and throw. We didn't have any seven on seven camps when I was in, when I was in, in uh, high school or anything like that. Where you, you you learned about coverage and all this kind of thing. These guys are far more prepared. And then you throw on top of that, the guy started fifty games in college. You know, look what Brock Purdy's doing in San Francisco. That's not by accident. It's because he played 45 games at Iowa State, and he, he had to go through some of those things that you go through as a quarterback, learn what you can get away with, what you can't get away with. And, yes, the speed of the game changes in the National Football League, but the football doesn't change. And if you played a lot of football, you're going to be able to adjust to the speed. I think he's, been, I think he's made some, some major adjustments just in the three, three weeks he's played. I think some of the throws he's making in, in – in, uh, uh, in the game this last weekend, uh, I think that those are those are throws that you probably 
you, you don't see normally from guys that uh, have played maybe a couple years or a year of college. I think that's why it, it's taken Justin Fields such a long time to kind of adjust to the, the pro game from a throw standpoint. The guy's a phenomenal athlete and could run around. I think he ran for, what, 150 weekend, but he completed seven of 22 passes. And, okay, so the pass game is a different scenario at the National Football League level, and I think Desmond Ritter is fully and well-equipped. He's got the skill set, but the mindset there as well. I think that the game is going to come to him much quicker than it did me or, or a lot of these guys that don't play as much in college. David, you watched this team from the first snap of the season. Now that we sit here and talk about what the possibilities are with free agency and the upcoming draft, if they asked you for your two cents in the room when the decisions are being made, who needs more help um, for this team? And obviously both sides of the ball, but is it Desmond and giving him more tools or is it Grady Jarrett on the defensive side? Well, I would immediately, I'm glad you said Grady because I would immediately go to Grady. I think Grady needs more help on the defensive side of the football. I think that this is a really fun defense from an energy standpoint, how hard they play, but they're undermanned. Question the interior of the defensive line is, you know, if you could get your hands on Jalen Carter, which is probably not going to be the case where you're drafting, that would be a number, that would be my first pick. I would find someone to pair with Grady on the interior to stop the run game to a certain extent, a, a limit how much their people are able to run between the tackles. Cause that's really a, you know, the one place Atlanta's getting touched defensively is they're having a tough time stopping the interior run game. Now they ultimately bow their back and get it done. This is a defense that's three for 10 uh, teams are three for 10 and scoring touchdowns the last three games in the red zone. I mean, that's elite level defense in the red zone, but what's happening is teams are running the football and eating clock. So now Desmond Ritter is not getting to touch the ball as much. And, and so you're limited. You had 10 possessions yesterday. I mean, there's, there was a game, what, two, three weeks ago where you had eight possessions in a game. Normal NFL games, it's 12 to 13 possessions. So that drives the score down, drives your opportunities down, and it magnifies whether you make a mistake or not, how much it costs you. So, yeah, interior defensive line was, was, certainly would be an area I would attack. Uh, corner. That would also help Grady as well. You know, some of the, the guys, those guys can come up, press, take the ball, make the quarterback hold the football. Because let's face it, these quarterbacks are trying to get the ball in their hands so quickly that if I can make him hold it, that's going to give Grady and those guys up front a chance to get home. So that's where I would attack initially. Certainly there's other places you can make some adjustments, but those those are the particular spots I would go. Well, we're wrapping things up here with, with David Archer. The pride of Soda Springs, Idaho. Uh, with, why are you laughing about that? I wasn't laughing. I was just saying, mm. that, that's, like I've never been there. I haven't either. But, but, but <laughs> <laughs> you will never, you will never go there either. By the way, I got a guy across the street, Sam. He just came across and he said, uh, he says, why does Sam keep calling Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette? I don't know. That's just See? something he just he I told you. Know why he... David, we'll tell you another time. But he got folks coming at him from not in Lafayette, but also Griffin <laughs> this morning. All right. <laughs> Before we let you go, Arch, the thoughts about this offensive line and, and, and what they've done th- th- this year. And each year we always say the offensive line needs more help, needs more help. What do you yeah. do with this group going forward? Because they've really shown themselves, especially in the run game. It's interesting. They're very good in the run game. They're maulers in the run game. Obviously, you're going to have to reevaluate the, the Caleb McGarry thing. You've kind of put him on notice. Caleb McGarry's had a good year. Not a great year, but he's had a solid year. Those guys don't grow on trees, as you guys know. Big maulers at the offensive tackle position. Now you're going to have to consider what do you want to do there if you're Terry Fontenot and, and, and Arthur Smith. The left guard position's kind of been a bit of a turnstile because we've had guys hurt. Matt Hennessy returned yesterday. Matt did some good stuff. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Is that the body you want there? He certainly showed out 
uh, yesterday and some blocks and some of the athleticism he shows. But would you like to see a guy step forward? It's a little bit bigger player. How about the kid out of Georgia, Schaefer? We have not seen him. He's a mauler-type, big-bodied dude. Is that a guy that takes that next step after a first year of kind of understanding what the National Football League's about? Can he take that next step and get in the mix at that left guard position and compete? Um, but I think that the bulk of the guys, Dolman's been outstanding. I think he's had some moments where he's gotten his pad level too high, but I thought he was really good yesterday at a couple blocks that uh, he made. Uh, Lindstrom's as good as it gets, and I think uh, Matthews continues to do stuff. I think you're going to continue to probe that, Sam. I think you're going to continue to look at it, and if you can make some adjustments, or if some guys step forward, like Schaefer, the big kid out of Georgia, if he can step forward, then you'll have some competitions there that might change the complex and how that how that group's made up. Before we let you go, what does Georgia got to do to get that chip next week in the national championship against TCU? Well, they got to just – it's a little bit like I said to, to Dukes and Bell last Friday. You got you can't give up big plays. And, and now you're going to get a guy – now, C.J. Stroud wasn't supposed to be able to run around, and he did on him. You're going to face a dude now that's as gritty a guy as there is a quarterback in Max Duggan. He can run around. He can take it the distance. He's going to buy time. He's got savvy in the pocket. It's going to be a tougher, tougher guy to handle um, when you start talking about the quarterback. Cannot give up big plays. If they don't give up big plays, I think Georgia wins the football game because I just think that they're they're that irresistible force on offense. And give, give Stetson Bennett credit. He did not play very well in the first three quarters of the game, but when they needed him to and when Kirby got on him, he stepped up and he made some really good throws that allowed him to win the game. Man, we got to talk to this guy more often. Hey, man. I'm telling you, always we miss having David on. Always man. the best. He is. And again, we're not going to be here because we're in for John and Hugh, but you will be here next Monday at 820. Is that correct, David? Well, I, I, I could be coerced. I mean, I, if you guys aren't going to be in there, they're going to have to. They're going to have to send me a, another check. Or uh, <laughs> okay, well, I'll I'm let playing. you. I'm playing. I'll let you work that out with them. But it's always David Archer. We can't thank you enough, man. It's always good to talk to you, buddy. Enjoy it, Arch. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.